Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So good to have you here. If you don't like that with Grant Napier, we have got a lot to talk about today. Happy to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. They've got a fix for you for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. And remember, they're available to you around the clock 24-7. All you need to do is go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. And again, thank you very much for those that have reached out to me and uh, had great things to say about New Works Plumbing. Greatly appreciated, and I certainly appreciate New Works Plumbing for being with me from day one. Again, for all of your plumbing needs and repairs, just go to newworksplumbing.com, N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com. You know, I've talked a lot on the previous podcast about the hypocrisy of ESPN. I, I don't know if you've seen the news, but ESPN has uh, taken Sage Steel off the air. That was three days ago after she questioned former President Obama's racial identity. All right. And then she blasted ESPN's COVID-19 vaccination policy. She made these comments at the end of September on a podcast uh, uncut with Jay Cutler. Now, here's the hypocrisy of ESPN. All right. Their statement said this in relation to Steele. At ESPN, we embrace different points of view. Dialogue and discussion makes this a great place. That said, we expect that those points of view be expressed respectfully in a manner consistent with our values and in the line with our internal policies. Now, Sage Steele, who, in my opinion, deserved to be reprimanded. But what about Stephen A. Smith? What about all the comments that Stephen A. Smith makes where he has come on and apologized on more than one occasions? Most recently, the comment about Shohei Otani and the fact that he needs a translator when he does interviews, uh, mimicking and making fun of the names of the Nigerian basketball team. We've talked a lot about ESPN's Mark Jones and his absurd, ridiculous tweets. I mean, I don't know how ESPN can come out and make those comments 
about Sage Steele and just let Mark Jones and his absurd social media history just go by the wayside, whether it's the comment about the police on his way to do the Army football game in 2020, whether it's calling uh, President Trump a white supremacist terrorist, whether it's mocking the death of Rush Limbaugh, whether it's making fun and celebrating the torn ACL for Nick Bosa, who is a Trump supporter. I mean, that's okay for ESPN, but you're going to take Sage Steele off the air? It's okay for Stephen A. Smith to make the comments that he does, but you don't take him off the air? Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, you didn't even talk to him. He comes on and makes an on-air apology. Listen, I'm not running ESPN. I don't have to run ESPN. I can tell you this. If I did run ESPN, it would be a hell of a lot different than it is right now. That I can promise you. And their ridiculous hypocrisy and double standards just has turned me off. I can't remember the last time that I have watched SportsCenter on ESPN. I mean that. Now, do I watch live programming? Yeah, because I have to. What am I going to do? Not watch Monday Night Football? Not going to watch college football? But I don't watch any of their studio shows. I don't give a damn to hear from their anchors and the reporters, whether they're Democrat or Republican. I don't care how they feel about the president. I don't care. You know, that's not why I'm watching you, all right? You've turned me off. I can't watch ESPN anymore. I will not watch ESPN anymore, with the exception of a live event. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, where else am I going to watch my live events? But as far as their personalities, as far as SportsCenter, as far as all the other shows that they have on, I don't watch them at all. I don't watch them at all. And if I have to watch a show, all right, I'm going to watch Tony Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon because at least they don't give you the BS, all right? So if I am going to watch a show, that would be the one that I would watch. But I'm not watching anything else on ESPN. And I really mean this. I cannot remember the last time I sat down and watched an ESPN Sports Center. But these, uh, you know, ESPN just has a different set of rules for almost everybody in their company. And I don't know how they can come out and make the statement on Sage Steele that says at ESPN, we embrace different points of view, dialogue and discussions make this a great place. That said, we expect that those points of view be expressed respectfully in a manner consistent with our values and in line with our internal policies. Do you believe that Mark Jones and his tweets, do you believe that's being respectful? I mean, because if it is, I would love to know what the definition of respectful means at ESPN because it's a completely different definition that I have of the word respect and expressed respectfully, right? And I don't care whether you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic. I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you're gay, straight. I don't care. All right? Makes no difference to me. But are you going to tell me that his comments have been expressed respectfully? Seriously? But ESPN doesn't have any problem with that. But they have a problem with Sage Steele. They had a problem with Rachel Nichols. But they don't have a problem with Stephen A. Smith. They don't have a problem with Mark Jones. When you figure that out, give me a freaking call, would you please? Something else I want to talk about on today's podcast. How about this? 18 ex-NBA players charged with multi-million 
dollar fraud. Ripping off about $4 million from the NBA's health, welfare, benefit plans. Now, here's the part that I don't quite understand. 18 players ripping off about $4 million. Now, when you look at some of these players and what they made in their career, one of them being Tony Allen, who made $40.5 million in his career, you're really taking this type of a chance and you are making false and fraudulent claims to get health and welfare benefits when you've made over $40 million in your career. I'm going to have more on this coming up in my rant. All right, so I'm watching the game the other night with the Chargers and the Raiders, and I love doing this. I love going back even a year or two years or three years or four years, and I love looking at past drafts. And I was looking at the draft of just a year ago when Joe Burrow went number one to Cincinnati, Tua went number five to the Dolphins, and Justin Herbert went number six to the Chargers. And I don't have a problem with Joe Burrow being number one because I think Burrow is going to be an outstanding quarterback. The New York Giants took a left tackle in that draft at number four, Andrew Thomas, who is yet to develop and play to what you would think of a number four draft pick. Tua, certainly the jury is out on him. I mean, if the draft were held all over again, Herbert would go one, in my opinion. Burrow would go two, and Tua would not be in the top five, all right? There's no way Justin Herbert would go six. I think he would be one. He would be no worse than two. Again, I really think Joe Burrow is going to be an outstanding quarterback in the National Football League. So maybe you take Herbert one, maybe you take Burrow two. There's no way in the world that Andrew Thomas is going to be four, and there's no way in the world Tua is going to be in the top five. Then I look at, like, 2019, and I look at what the Raiders did at number four. They take Cleveland Farrell, right? He was a, he was a healthy scratch in week one. You wouldn't even know he's out on the field. I mean, the, the reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm just fascinated how all pro scouts – and general managers can continually make so many mistakes in evaluating players. Look at Farrell in that draft of 2019, taken fourth overall. I mean, if the draft were held all over again, he would be a middle-round pick, right? He wouldn't be anywhere near a first-round pick. Again, the guy was a healthy scratch in week one against Baltimore. You wouldn't even know he's on the field when he plays. Go back a year earlier, 2018. You know, the Giants... With the second overall pick, take Saquon Barkley. How many times do we have to talk about this? You don't ever take a running back that high. You take Saquon Barkley, number two. The Giants have been terrible under Barkley. Of course, last year he tore up his knee. This year they're one and three. I mean, it's just a terrible pick. Then the Jets take Sam Darnold, number three. Darnold is in Carolina and clearly looks like a much better quarterback there than with the Jets. And again, we know that As a quarterback, you're only going to be as good as the people around you. So I'm not really sure it's fair to entirely classify Sam Darnold as a failure or a bust or not that good. We don't really know yet. He's off to a good start in Carolina. However, with that being said, if the draft were held all over again, where would Josh Allen go? Well, I'll tell you this. He would go number three or number one, right? He would either go to where Baker Mayfield went with the Browns or he would go number three. And I'm not saying the Giants wouldn't take him too, but the Giants were dead set on taking a running back. 
You know, to me, even with Daniel Jones, who, by the way, is starting to play a lot better, if I'm the Giants, I would clearly take Josh Allen at number two if I could go back and do that draft all over again. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. But he would certainly be taken ahead of Sam Darnold. Does anybody have any issues with that? So, again, you look at that draft and you wonder, gee, how could so many general managers miss on Josh Allen? How, 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 how does that happen? Well, it happens in the NBA. You know, look at the 2017 draft. Look at the top five players in the 2017 draft. Markel Fultz, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, Josh Jackson, De'Aaron Fox. Then Donovan Mitchell, number 13, All-Star. Bam Adebayo, number 14, All-Star. So of the seven players that I just named, three have had All-Stars with Tatum being an All-Star, All-NBA, Mitchell and Adebayo. So if that draft were held all over again, how do you think it would go? Well, it would either go Jason Tatum 1 and Donovan Mitchell 2, or Donovan Mitchell 1 and Jason Tatum 2. I'm not really sure who would go 1. Probably Tatum, but I think it would be 6-1 half dozen the other. So Markel Fultz would be nowhere, nowhere near the top. Josh Jackson wouldn't even be drafted because he's been an NBA bust, and yet he was taken fourth overall. Like, he wouldn't even be drafted. That That's how bad he's been. Uh, Bam Adebayo would probably be three or four. Fox would be in the top five. So your top five guys in that draft, if it were held all over again, would be Tatum, in no particular order, by the way, but Tatum, Mitchell, Fox, Adebayo, I'd have to look for the fifth. But my point is, think about all the mistakes that were made in that draft in 2017. Then you go a year later. That's the Luka Doncic draft. DeAndre Ayton one, Marvin Bagley two. Atlanta had already worked out a deal with Dallas. They take Luka three. They get Trey Young on a first-round pick. Jaron Jackson goes to Memphis, and Trey Young goes to Atlanta. All right, if that draft were held all over again, how would it look to you? How would it look? It would go Luka Doncic one, Trey Young two, correct? And then after that, you would have probably Aiton. Now, Aiton's trying to get a max deal on his rookie extension. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. But if you look at that draft, Luka would be number one, and Trey Young would be number two. Now, the question is, where would Marvin Bagley go? Bagley's an interesting discussion for a lot of reasons. The Kings made a mistake when they drafted him at number two. That's first and foremost. Second of all, he has immense talent, but we haven't seen it really yet because he gets hurt all the time. Could we be having a conversation in a year or two from now, and I said, could we, about how Marvin Bagley looks like a really good NBA player. In other words, I I would never say that about Josh Jackson or a lot of these other players that are bust in pro sports, but I could still see Marvin Bagley being a good NBA player because I think he has the skills. I think he has the tools. Now, whether or not that's going to happen, I don't have a crystal ball any more than you do. But my question is this. How come so many general managers... So many scouts get the draft wrong every single year. 
How does that happen? How does it happen that you have tape of every single snap and every single play? You have video from high school. You have everything that was done in college. You have the camps, the combines. You have the private workouts. And yet, teams make mistakes every single freaking year when it comes to player evaluation. Why is that? Why is that? How does Michael Jordan not go number one? How does that happen? Right? And we see it all the time. How do the Raiders draft Jamarcus Russell number one? How do the Chargers draft Ryan Leaf second? And we can go on and on with how many mistakes have been made at the top of the draft. It happens almost every single year. And when you look at the NBA from this year, we will go back and we will look at the draft. Same thing in the National Football League. And we will talk about, gee, what on earth were those teams thinking, right? Look at this past year's draft in the NBA, right? Just look at it. You know and I know that coming up at the end of next year or in two years, because I like to wait, I like to wait three years. I think that's fair. But seriously, I mean, are you going to look back at the draft in two or three years and say there aren't any mistakes? Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, the top three picks, Scotty Barnes, four, Jalen Suggs, five, right? Are we going to look back and say there was a player taken like Donovan Mitchell at 13 in this draft, it's Chris Duarte, and say that was the best player in the draft? I I, I don't know, but what I do know is we're going to look back in two or three years, and I can almost assure you that Cunningham, Green, Mobley, Barnes, or Suggs, one of those guys will barely be playing, all right? I don't know if there'll be a bust. In all likelihood, there will be, but they will barely be playing. Then you look at the National Football League draft. And to me, there are more mistakes made at the top of the NFL draft than anything. It happens every single year. It's unbelievable. So when you look at the draft in the National Football League and you try to analyze, all right, we know that Trevor Lawrence went number one. And I still think Lawrence is going to be good, but we don't really know that yet. I mean, we just don't. Zach Wilson goes number two to the Jets. You look at San Francisco, they make the trade to get Trey Lance at number three. Again, we think that those two guys, Wilson and Lance, are going to be good. We don't know. Kyle Pitts goes to Atlanta four. Jamar Chase goes five. Jalen Waddle six. Uh... Penny Sewell, 7. J.C. Horn, 8. Patrick Sertan to Denver. Devontae Smith in a trade goes to 10. The Bears make a trade with the Giants to get Justin Fields. And maybe, just maybe, the best player in this draft went 12 to the Dallas Cowboys, Micah Parsons. You may look back at this draft including Lawrence, including Wilson, including Lance, and say that the best player in this draft was Micah Parsons. Now, if one of those players, Lawrence, Wilson, or Lance, ends up being a true franchise quarterback star, meaning Aaron Rodgers, meeting Drew Brees, you know, I'm not even going to mention Tom Brady because that's not fair, 
then you might say no. But I'm looking at Micah Parsons and what he's done already in his first year. And this guy is the real freaking deal. All right? This guy is unbelievably talented. Like, he's a big-time star on the field. So I want to talk about this today because when I was watching Justin Herbert play, and then I watched Mac Jones play, they're different, but I think Mac Jones is going to be a solid, solid quarterback. But I look at Herbert, and I'm going, God, that guy went sixth. And I'm looking at Miami, and there's a lot of rumors about Deshaun Watson coming to Miami and that, you know, they're not sold on two, and two is getting hurt a lot and all of that. Boy, if the draft were held all over again, do you think Herbert would go one? Or do you think he would go two? I think he'd go one. I think he would edge out Joe Burrow, but six, one, half dozen, the other. I think Burrow and Herbert are going to be the next generation of Breeze, Rogers, you know, in that category. That's how good I think they are going to be. I'm, mind, I'm blown away every year. I'm blown away at the millions and millions and millions of dollars that go into analytics, that go into scouting, and yet, what happens? Mistakes. Hey, before we get to our crowd ultra Q&A, I want to add this because there have been a lot of people that have been talking about the wild card system in baseball. Whether it's fair, whether it's not fair. You know, the Dodgers beating the Cardinals in a thrilling game to advance to the NLDS against the Giants. And they end up, what, 16 games better than St. Louis, but yet they still have to play in a one-game playoff. And by the way, the right team won. That's the way it should have ended up, and I have no rooting interest. I don't know how you fix it. I don't know how you change the system. The TV ratings for both games were through the roof, so it's good for Major League Baseball. It's exciting for the fans. And when you say it's not fair, I'll just answer it this way. You know the rules. You know the setup when the season begins. Don't take days off. Try to win every game because the Dodgers were one game short of possibly not having to play in that contest. So that's the way I look at it. I know a lot of fans are complaining about it. Don't complain about it. It's the setup. You can either get rid of the wild card. People say you need to play a two out of three. Is it fair to take the divisional winners and have them not play a game for seven, eight, or nine days? I don't think so. I believe in momentum in baseball. You know, the bats can get cold. We see it a lot during the All-Star break. So I think it is what it is. I don't know what else baseball could do. I don't know how they could possibly change the system. I don't understand how they could make it to keep everybody happy. I mean, if you play a best of three in a wild card, you know, if the season ends on a Sunday, you know, to me, you know, you'd have to start playing the next day. You could end, you'd have both both wild card teams. If you're going to have a best of three, one in the afternoon, one in the night, don't have a rest day after Sunday. Play Monday, Tuesday, and if necessary, Wednesday. And then start the division around on Thursday and Friday. I mean, I guess you could do it that way, right? I guess you could. And when you say, well, that's not fair to the wild card teams, well, you know, that's they're lucky they're in the playoffs. They didn't win their division. You know, the rules changed so we can have wild card teams. So I'm not really sure how we change that without making it so ridiculously crazy where if you end the season on a Sunday and the wild card round starts on Monday and you play Tuesday and then you have a, if necessary, Wednesday. To me, if you were going to do that, the lesser team gets game one at home 
and then the team with the better record gets home for games two and three. It's a lot of travel. I'm not saying you can't do it, but when everybody thinks there's such an easy solution to all of this, I'm not so sure that there is. I'm not so sure baseball can really change the present system. All right, let's now get to our Crowd Ultra Q&A. It's very easy to ask me a question right here. Just go to crowdultra.com. All right, let's get to the first question. Tom said, what are the odds Urban Meyer doesn't make it through the season? I think he's going to make it through the season. I would be surprised, Tom, if he does not make it through the season. I really would. I think it's going to happen. Kyle said, Bartool, or Barstool, rather, said Otani had the most impressive season of all time. Do you agree or disagree? Of all time? No. He didn't have the most impressive season of all time. I think Barstool's getting a little carried away there. Uh, Jacob wants to know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the 18 NBA players indicted on defrauding the NBA medical fund. Stay tuned. I'm going to have more on this in my rant. Um, I'm bewildered by it. I really am. Uh, Reed wants to know, are you surprised that NFL viewership is up? No. Why would I be surprised? This country loves football. They've been going crazy with the pandemic and everything else. They're, great. They're, they're happy to be back into the stadiums. You know, I told you I was in Alabama last Saturday for the Alabama Ole Miss game with 100,000 unmasked people, and people were having a good time, and they were going on with their life. People want to get on with their lives. So am I surprised that NFL viewership is up? No, not at all. Not at all. Andre wants to know, do you think Kyrie Irving will get traded because of not getting the vaccine? Well, Andre, who would want Kyrie Irving? First of all, I wouldn't take Kyrie Irving even if he had 100 vaccinations. I wouldn't want that guy anywhere near my team. But to answer your question, no, he's not going to get traded because there's no general manager out there that would take him. Who's going to take a guy that's not vaccinated with the rules and everything else going on in the NBA? Not happening. You know, and I see L.A. is going to follow suit too. So that means that Kyrie wouldn't even be able to play in L.A. Uh, Kyrie's a different cat. He really is. His elevator, he's about a 20-story building. On a good day, his elevator makes it to the 15th floor. You're going to be a general manager and you're going to take Kyrie Irving? Seriously? Come on now. Come on now. Julian asked, does the MLB need to change their playoff format? I just kind of went through this, Julian. How are they going to change it? What are they going to do? I mean, you have to reward the teams that win their division, but you can't reward them by giving them 10 days off. You know, and you have weather that factors into this, you know, as we get towards the end of October. What's baseball supposed to do? What are, what are they going to do? Rob wants to know, who do you think wins tonight's Thursday night football game? Well, Rob, this podcast is on Friday, not on Thursday, and I am recording this before kickoff, but I'll say I think the Rams go up and beat Seattle. So then when you listen to this podcast, you'll go, nah, Grant was wrong, or Grant was right. I normally do not pick the road team, on Thursday night football, I think it's a big disadvantage. But I think the Rams coming off that loss to Arizona will be reloaded. They'll figure out a way to win the game. It's a very good game tonight. As I'm talking before kickoff, you're listening to me on Friday. But I'll say I will pick the Rams in that game. Brad, with a question, what do you think it takes to make a broadcasting Hall of Fame? That's a great question. The first thing it takes is longevity. So you have to have longevity at your craft. That's number one. Uh, Number two, um, you have to be widely known and recognized. And generally speaking, if you have longevity, the second part of that question is a formality. Um, 
there's local broadcasters, there's national broadcasters, but first and foremost, Brad, I think it takes longevity because very few broadcasters have longevity if they're not really, really good at what they do. So I'll just answer the question that way. Nick from New York asks, what do the Yankees need to do in the offseason to not have another disappointing season? In my opinion, they need a new general manager and a new direction. They need a new manager and not Aaron Boone. I think they need new life. I think they need new vision. And I think they need to go in a different direction. Because what has happened since 2009 is absolutely unacceptable, Nick. It's unacceptable. So to me, new general manager, new manager, Brett Gardner no more. I'm tired of seeing Gary Sanchez behind the plate. I mean, that, we can start right there. And Gard, listen, Gardner's been a great Yankee. I, I, absolutely. But it's time, for, it's, it's time to go in a different direction. Time to go in a different direction. All right. Cameron wants to know, what's your opinion of the NBA no longer testing for marijuana? I don't care. It really doesn't impact me. Uh, it doesn't matter to me whether they test for it or whether they don't test for it. I really don't have a strong opinion on that. Dan asked, do you like the idea of adding more teams to the NCAA football playoffs in the future? Not really, especially this year. There's only three teams that are capable of winning the championship. In my opinion, it's two, but I'm being respectful to either Penn State or Iowa. I'll say the winner of tomorrow's game between Penn State and Iowa, I'll put into that category because I don't want to be disrespectful. Although I don't think Penn State, I don't think Iowa could stay on the field with Alabama or Georgia. But that, you know, we might find out. So do I think that they should expand? No. No, I do not. Uh, Casey asked, did I see the new allegations against Evander Kane for providing a fake vaccine card? I did. And that's going to be easy to find out whether it's true or not. You know, there's been a lot of allegations against Evander Kane. The NHL coming out and saying there was no credence at all to the first one about betting on hockey. Then his wife filed a, or, you know, uh, alleged domestic assault, violence, uh, sexual abuse. I don't know what's going on with there. But as far as a fake vaccination card, that should be easy to find out. Andrew wants to know, how do you think the federal investigation involving a Washington football team trainer will affect the team this season. It won't affect the team at all because the the allegations have nothing to do with the team. It's, it's not team-related. So it's not going to have anything to do with the team. they got enough trainers, enough medical staff. That's not going to be an issue at all, in my opinion. That's not going to be an issue at all, what's going on uh, in Washington. Uh, Derek said, uh, should the Suns offer DeAndre Ayton a max extension? That's not for me to say. Uh, I would say probably yes more than no. Uh, I think rookies like Mikel Bridges thinks he should get a max extension. What the hell is he thinking about? I I think max extensions, a lot of these players think they're a formality. You know, last time I checked, you have to earn them. I think DeAndre Ayton is very close to a max extension. Yeah. We'll ask, how stupid is it that the Raiders and Chargers had a weather delay even though sci-fi has a roof? Yeah, I'm not going to call it stupid for this reason. I wasn't there, and I'm not an expert when it comes to lightning. And I don't know if it had to do with the fans trying to get from their vehicles into the stadium. I don't know if it was a delay to allow them to sit in their car or whatever the case may be. Obviously, there was no danger 
to the best of my knowledge, to anybody in SoFi Stadium. I thought that because the storm and the lightning strikes were so bad, it was more for the fans that were not yet in the building. Again, I may be wrong with that, but I believe that's what I heard. Again, not being there, not being a meteorologist, not being completely in tune with this situation and the weather, I do know this. You know, if somebody gets struck by lightning and killed, then we're going to have a real big issue on our hands about what the NFL did not do. I think it's better. I think it's always better to be safe than sorry. I really do. Always good to have your questions here on Crowd Ultra. Just go to CrowdUltra.com, and I may answer your question right here on my podcast. It's time for Rant. Today's rant is brought to you by Roy's Umbrella for all of your home loan needs. And it can be confusing with loan programs and interest rates and keeping up with everything. Maybe you're in the market to buy a new home. Maybe you're thinking about doing a refi. Tell you what, get in touch with Roy and his staff at Roy's Umbrella. I've known Roy for a number of years now. The guy's a throwback. Uh, It's like dealing with family. He's beat two death sentences of cancer. He's got a very unique and great perspective on life. Uh, He's a people person, and you can trust him like a family member. All right, go to Roy's Umbrella for all of your home loan needs at roysumbrella.com. So let me get this straight. Over a dozen former NBA players charged with multi-million dollar fraud in the amount of $4 million. The number of players, about 18. All right, the NBA's health welfare benefit plan was receiving false and fraudulent claims And then there's one player in particular I'm picking out here, Tony Allen and his wife Desiree, also two of the 18 that have been charged with the multi-million dollar fraud. Tony Allen, in his NBA career, has made $40.5 million. So let's just say that Tony Allen got all four of the million instead of the dividing it up with the other 17. What the hell is Tony Allen doing? Seriously, Tony and his wife, Desiree, making over $40.5 million in their career, is involved allegedly in a fraud or a fraudulent activity with others trying to rip off the NBA's health and welfare benefit plan? Does that make sense to you? What do these guys do with their money? Seriously, how the hell could you make $40.5 million? Even if you give, all right, Let's say you give $20 million to the government. You don't give that much, but let's just say that leaves you with $20.5 million. You make you have $20.5 million career earnings, and you got to rip off the NBA's health and welfare benefit plan with false and fraudulent claims over a, a couple of bucks. And I'm saying a couple of bucks because if you're making forty and a half and you're dealing with $4 million over 18 people, that's a couple of bucks. How freaking stupid is this? Again, something's just absolutely mystify me they just absolutely mystify me and i'm picking on tony allen here but his contracts over his career was 40 and a half million dollars someone please explain that to me explain that to me this is going to be a very interesting case to see what happens to the 18 that have been charged with fraud and that's my rant for today And that is my podcast for today. Something I've talked about, I've learned a lot in the last years. This is my one-year anniversary week. And if you're listening particularly via Apple Podcast, uh, if you wouldn't mind reviewing the podcast on Apple, it would mean a lot to me. 
uh, these algorithms and everything else are important. So thank you very much. I really appreciate your support. And as always, really appreciate you listening to me here. If you don't like that, with Grant Napier. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.